0: Welcome to JFK and the Enduring Secret. I'm your host, Jeff Crudell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is episode 73. Today's episode is a continuation of the Gerald Custer testimony. So, without further ado, let's listen to Episode 73 of JFK, The Enduring Secret.
1: just with respect to the autopsy and what you observed that night, did you see Dr. Ebersole doing something different from what you thought he should be doing during the course of the autopsy? Correct. Yes, absolutely. He should have been directing me as he viewed the films. Each set of films I brought down to him, I put on a board. I had a certain amount of expertise that I felt should have been noticed. I tried to bring this up to him and try to suggest different things and he wouldn't, wouldn't listen. He kept listening to the gallery. He was being led, plain and simple. It was right there. He couldn't help but see it. When you say he's being led by the gallery, you mean by... Particular people in the gallery, at least two particular people. One, a high ranking military official. There was a four star general in there. Plus, there was a civilian gentleman, which I took to be Kennedy's personal position because of the way he talked. Particularly pertaining to the biogram dying in the back, he knew exactly what it was. And the only person with would know situations like that would be the personal physician. And were this uh, general and the person in civilian clothing giving directions to Dr. Ebersole? Correct. Absolutely. And what kinds of directions were they giving to him? Uh, in the sense that the Kennedy family would not allow uh, like you to pursue that path any further. Uh, we do not want you to go anymore in this direction. Did you perceive those sorts of comments during the night of the autopsy to be related to uh, personal health concerns and uh, disfigurement of the body? Or did you understand them to be pertaining to something else? I understood them to be pertaining to something else. What was it that you understood them to be pertaining to? Let me put it this way, plain and simple. The autopsy was something that had to be done. It didn't have to be done correctly, it had to be done for record purposes only. Finding out facts, forget it. This is something that had to be done, but done in a way that's not going to implicate. And this is basically the opinion I got, because I made that statement, and I was told to shut up. To whom did you make the statement? Well, I made it to Dr. Everson, and Dr. Everson told me right away to shut my mouth. Do a job. Now, it didn't take a person with a genius intelligence to figure it out. It was right there. Were there any other observations that you had that night that led you to draw the conclusions that you've been drawing? Film being taken from Floyd, photographs, the the exposed photographs, the comments being made, uh, Dr. Fink coming in and pushing Hume uh ever saw or not ever saw Hume's and Boswell out of the limelight and taking over. Uh, different phone calls being received. During the autopsy, you know as well as I do, when you're doing a forensic autopsy, you do not want to be disturbed. Your mind is following a train of thought. You're not receiving phone calls. Have you seen phone calls from Dallas? I know for a fact you've seen phone calls from uh, downtown Washington. Let me go back to Dr. Finkman and talk about the phone calls. In what way did the direction of the autopsy change after Dr. Fink arrived? In the sense that um, he was more, how can I put it, cohesive with direction from the gallery. When I lifted the body up, of the torso and the lumbar spine and the pelvis. This is one of a king size fragment. I'd say, estimate around three or four centimeters, fell from the back. And this is when Dr. Pink came over with a pair of forceps, picked it up, and took it. That's the last time I ever saw it. It was big enough. That's about I'd say an inch and a half of my finger, a small finger. First story. In addition to identifying that fragment or, or picking up that fragment, what else did Dr. think do that led you to believe that he was taking response or that he was directing the autopsy? Well, he would bark orders at him from Bondwell. What kinds of orders did he give? Stop that. Don't do that anymore. Where uh, you take records, or you take notes. Yes. Was it your impression that Dr. Think was taking instructions from one or more persons in the gallery? Or Absolutely. And from, from whom was he taking instructions? The same two gentlemen that kept rolling the situation all that night. You've re- previously referred to that person being the four-star general. Which service was the four-star general with, do you know? I'll be honest with you. All I saw was four big stars. And that was enough. But the, you're calling him a general. It's presumably not an admiral, if that's fair. Yes. Presumably be either Army or Air Force. That has to be one of the two. I know an emerald when I see one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. He's got gold halfway up his elbow. After 1963, did you do any further work in x ray technology or radiology? Uh, Yes, I was employed. Well, when I came back to Pittsburgh after I was discharged, I kind of bounced around a little bit, then I got a job in Bonifier in, uh, Hospital, and around, I'd say, 84, 83, somewhere around there, and I stayed there for about, no, it was a little bit earlier than that, it was in the 80s, and I went to, I stayed there for about 18 years, and I went to um, UPMC and I became a mid-manager, plus I took x-rays also. When you say UPMC, that is? University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, which is a big transplant center. Would would it be fair to say, then, from some point in the early 1980s through the present, you have continued to work either in x-ray technology or radiology? All right. uh, I would have to cut that off around 19... 94, when uh, the government come in and was downsizing the different hospitals, I happened to be one of the first victims because of budget cuts. But prior to, I figure I had about mm, 18, 28 years of experience. Plus, that's not counting my service time. From what I'm understanding, you, you did radiology work from approximately 1960 through approximately 1963. Right. Did, did you do it in the service after 1963? Yes. I was stationed on a troop transport, but not as much. It was basically in hospital core work, but they still had an x-ray machine there, and of course, because they and had the machine, they had to have an x-ray technician. Is a little portable something that you'd find in the Smithsonian at this time uh, approximately what year did you get out of the service uh, it would have to be things see I went in 69 59 Uh, 59 rather. 59, and I served about five years, so that would have to be around. Just before the Vietnam crisis, it would be around 65, 66, somewhere around there. Because I was discharged two minutes after midnight. Oh no, I was discharged at midnight, and two minutes after the extension went through. So they had to bring me in to Norfolk. They had to move it to a transport from midstream all the way back in, drop a microbe, take me in, drop me off, and go back out again. I'm sure that cost them a nice piece of change. From the time that you left the service until... Uh, early 1980s. Did you do any work in radiology or x-ray technology? From the time I left the phone? Well, this is the time that uh, I kind of bounced around a little bit. Kind of got my bearings. And then that's when I went to work for Monica. It was like a year or two in and around there. Mm-hmm. We have talked about some of the records that you saw being uh, taken during the autopsy, including the x-rays, photographs, the motion picture. In addition to those that you've already mentioned, is there any other documentation that you observed being made that pertained to the autopsy of President Kennedy? Dr. Bob, Jims and Boswell, they were writing in our notebooks. Okay. Could you describe what the notebooks looked like? No, typical black little notebook. In addition to Humes and Boswell, did you see anyone else taking notes? There was a few people in the gallery. Are there any other records that you know about that relate to the autopsy? And by that, I would use, for example, logbook or any other sort of document? There was a log book in the radiology department. If I'm not mistaken, I made, a, I made an entry that I had dispatched to the board to take film. But I wasn't allowed to place any other identification in there pertaining to what I did or who it was or what whatever. When you say a... A duty logs. log. Duty log. Is there any other name that that went by other than duty log? There might have been the um, duty officer. Might have made his log, and maybe the chief on his log too. Do you have any knowledge as to whether those duty logs are the kind of records that are? kept permanently by the military? No idea. I would basically say no. Were you at any point asked to expunge any, any entries to delete any references? Yes, definitely. Could, could you describe that for me, please? Well, I had made the statement on uh, the one duty log in the main x department that I was going to the Mark X-ray President Kennedy, and I was told to eradicate it. In fact, I was told to tear the whole page on Did you tear the whole page out? Yeah. I gave it to Everson. And he destroyed it. Did, did you see him destroy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pardon me? Yes. I saw him destroy it. did he give you any explanation as to why he wanted it destroyed? None of my business. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I asked him, I said, what are you throwing that up for? That's official government property. He says, none of your business. I don't This is why I kept saying. Dr. Ebersole was not a leader. Dr. Ebersole was a follower. He did what he was told to do. Did you see anyone else taking any notes of the autopsy? Many people that I had stated to you, You, Boswell, a few of the gallery people, and that's about it, really. Did you see any FBI or Secret Service agents taking That's this? right. Siebert and O'Neill. I could swear they were writing a book that night. Everything that happened. Write that down. Had you known, Cybert and O'Neill, from never, part of their time? and truthfully, I'm not even sure which one followed me. I know it was one of the two of them. Was in, I know I said the Secret Service, but I'm FBI. And I meant FBI. Let me correct that right now. It was the FBI agent that followed me up to the fourth floor. In fact, he was the gentleman who wanted to come in the dark room with me and watch me develop the films. And I pushed them out. I said, You can't come Here. And that was either Mr. Seibert or O'Neill? One of the two. (coughs) When is the first time that you saw a casket on November 22nd? And they brought the casket into the, uh, the morgue. Did you see the casket on the loading dock? No. I was already in the morgue. I had the um, the a watcher unit in there. I had the, the aprons. I had the cassettes. And the honor guard brought the casket in. So the first time that you saw the casket in the hallway or in the... Morgue itself and the morgue itself. Could you look at the diagram that's marked 201 again? This is the diagram that you brought with you today? Mm-hmm. The diagram puts again. This is what is written on the diagram. The shipping casket from Dallas, Texas, and that is marked with an X on the diagram. Do you see that? Let me make a correction. Though I see it. I didn't see it before. Let me make a correction here. This table... You're pointing at one that's marked number one. Number one. Was further back here. You're putting it more towards... Where the the shipping casket was. Shipping casket was brought in to about here. And what you're doing is pointing to a vice just below... This this was a dissecting table. You're pointing now at number two when you said... Number two. This was a rise... Dissecting table. Okay, that's number two. The casket was... Excuse me. Brought in? Brought here. Okay, just, just so the record is clear here. In the drawing that we have now, there is between the table num- mark number one and the gallery, there's an X. What you're saying now, in terms of where you're pointing, is that the correct location for that X should be in the same place, but right between right. number two. And the gallery. This was a movable table. You're now pointing to number one. Number one was movable. So what they did is they brought the table over here, placed the body on the table, brought the table back to where the shipping casket was. It didn't dawn on me. Now it does. Because this was further this way, and then you had your viewing boxes here. Okay, again, I'm going to try and correct this for the record. Sure, the absolutely. And tell me if I'm saying any of this incorrectly. What you are saying, and what I understand, is that uh, the table that's marked number one was actually, at the beginning of the autopsy, was located between what is marked number two in the gallery. No, Okay. okay correct. This table, okay, now, w- number, one, number one, was placed on this drawing or your Exhibit 201, where the shipping casket was. Okay. All right? Basically, because I remember I couldn't get back in here real well. Back into the gallery? And between the gallery and the table to take the one lateral, the one lateral was nipped at the occipital region because of that. You're referring to the lateral of, of the skull. The skull. And I will elaborate on that further on, after I see the films and tell you what I had to do and because of situation. They brought the casket in near the raised table number two, which was the dissecting table. This table was movable. And you're now outre- outre- Number one was taken over to the casket. The body was lifted out, placed on the table. All right, I helped them lift the body out Placed it on the table. They took the casket back out of the room, through the cooling room, moved the table over closer to the gallery, and this is when I was told that I can leave. They'll call me back. Okay. you a blue pen and ask you if you could mark on to exhibit number 201. Um, and why don't you make a, a circle with an X in it at the place where the casket was first placed in the autopsy room. And then just put an X through the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Put and that's the blue pen. Now, from what I'm understanding from your testimony is that after the casket was placed there, the table that's marked number one <coughs> was, was finally moved over next to where you have drawn right. the blue circle. The body was put on the table. Right, and brought and, back. And brought back to where there is the uh, currently is written shipping right. casket from Dallas, Texas. Maybe what I'll ask you to do is to put one extra line through the... Uh, one that you've drawn, so that one will have three dissecting lines, whereas the original on the drawing that we have just has two dissecting lines. Does that make sense? The only reason why I didn't catch it before is because I just scanned this real quick and I didn't see it. I didn't register shipping casket. And I remember having problems getting back in here because if you, if you'd see the x ray unit that I used, it was a big, cumbersome thing. It's not like the new ones today. They're a little bit smaller and get into small holes. There. And this was too close here. It was close enough that I, I could just get in there. Just enough to get in there to get that film. And, and what you're saying is that the, the, the table <coughs> marked number one was too close to the gallery for you to get between right. the right. items. It was just enough to get the, the tube head in. That was it. But I couldn't get the what I wanted to get. But I'll have to get more detailed in there later and tell you why. Here's the condition of the skull. and This was the typical autopsy table, which was contained. Okay. So I had to build the head up. But when I built the head up, the head was so unstable due to the, kind of, the fractures. The fractures were extremely numerous. It was like somebody took a hard boiled egg and just rolled it in her hand. And that's exactly what the head was like. So and you, when you say that it's like that, you mean the, the pieces of the shell are analogous to the pieces of the skull? Is right. that right? And every time we pick the head up, you could feel This part of the head would come out. This part of the head would be here, and it was just nothing held it together with skin, and even that was loose. Okay. All right. Let's go back to the back to your first side of the casket. Were you present when the casket was opened? Yes. What was it that you first saw when the casket... Well, actually, let me go back to another question. Could you describe what the casket looked like? Um, I don't think it was a shipping casket. I remember seeing a bronze ceremonial casket brought in. I don't know where they got the shipping casket at. The shipping casket, to me, is a tin metal-colored gray thing. And that certainly wasn't what he was put in. Okay. Hold on just one second. Since you're talking about the President of the United States, why would they put him in a shipping casket? They have to have some dignity about this. Yep. You can hold for just one Sure. <coughs> okay. Before we went off the record, you were describing the casket that you saw in the morgue at Bethesda. I'd like to show you some photographs and ask you whether the casket that you see in the photographs is the same one that you saw, or the the same general type, we'll say, as the one that you saw in the morgue. Yes. That's what it looked like. What I'd like to do is mark it as exhibit number two oh four. You gotta remember something. There was more than one casket. When you say there's more than one casket, what do you mean? There was a casket brought in the back by a black Cadillac ambulance. Plus there was a casket that Jacqueline Kennedy had in her entourage. Well, but could you describe for me all of the caskets that you saw? The first one you have described as being a bronze casket Mm -hmm. and looking like the photograph on exhibit number 204. What other caskets did you see on the night of November 22nd, 23rd? There was also a bronze casket that I saw that night, too. Where did you see that? That was sitting next to the one in the cooling room. When did you first see that? You're referring to the the cooler room that's just outside the morgue from exhibit number 201. When did you first see the second casket in the cooler room? When I left the first time after the first set of films. And could that casket have been the same one that you... Previously, saw? I don't think so. There were two of them there. Two of them there. How did the appearance of the second casket differ from the one that had been in the morgue itself? To the best of my recollection, they looked pretty close. Was the second casket open or closed? Uh Closed. Did you ask anyone what the other that casket was? No, I'm sorry. Again, I was told and it stuck in my mind, do not ask questions, do what you're supposed to do, get it done, and then you're done. In addition to those two caskets, did you see any other casket that night? Mm, to the best of my recollection, no. Now, you were referring some a, a minute ago to what I'd understood a casket that came in a black ambulance. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. What is yes. your basis for making that comment? Well, I saw the ambulance, and I saw them bring it in, out of the back, back of the ambulance. So this, this is the third casket? No, 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 no. no, no. This is the first casket. Is the first one. Okay. This is the one that I saw that they took the body out of this casket. And we put it on the table, and I left. I came back later, came back later, with the first set of films. Okay. In the process, doing the first set of films, I went out oh wait, let me back up here I'm confused myself here. the first set of films I went out through here the casket and you're referring to the door through, through the, cooler, the door cooler room. through the cooler room there was a casket sitting over here plus there was another casket sitting over here and this is when I had come up to the hall, going to the main entrance. And once I hit the main entrance, this is when I come up and I saw the entourage. At that time, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the The, uh, casket had come around from that entourage already to the back. Now, I may be mistaken, but I had thought that you said earlier in the deposition that the first time that you saw a casket was in the morgue itself. Yes. Did you after you first saw a casket in the morgue itself, did you see another casket being unloaded from the No 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 I'll take no. No, absolutely not. This is the only one I saw being unloaded. And now you're referring to the one in the morgue? After I took the first set of films, that's when I saw the second one. But you didn't see that being unloaded from Mm, from an ambulance? No. Did you ever see the ambulance? I saw the first ambulance. Where did you, when you saw the first ambulance, where was it?
0: Right here at the loading dock.
1: That's when I come around to see what was going on. I heard them coming. And I came to the store, and I could see them unloading from the ambulance. And they were unloading at that point. What do you understand to be the second casket? No. This was the first casket. Okay, well... You, you're, you're, you're getting a little confused here. There was... <laughs> the second wait. casket wasn't brought in. I did not see the second casket until after the first set of films. Now I remember there was like... I saw the first casket. I left for at least an hour. When I came back, I came in from films. After I took the films, I left again. This is when I saw the second casket. And did you see the second casket being unloaded? No. But you saw an, a black ambulance out at the loading dock, Right. And it was your assumption that the second casket came out of the black ambulance back right now? No, I can't assume that because I didn't see it. Are you certain that the ambulance was black rather than gray or white? I'm sure the first one was black. It had to be. You must remember. Remember I told you I was told the body had went to Walter Reed compound first. Um, I don't know what... Ambulance they put it in, but I just remember seeing a black ambulance there. There was a gray one. I know that for a fact because I saw it later. I was told too that there was a gray ambulance with the entourage. But that's awesome. it. I never saw it here at the back, plain and simple. What, where did you, where and when did you see the gray ambulance? When? Later on at the end of the night. I saw it. Was it out near the loading dock? It was parked there. Not at the dock itself. It was parked off at the side. Did you see any helicopters at Bethesda that night? I was told the helicopter had come in. D- did you see one? No, I didn't see I didn't it. You hear one? I was just told that it come in. Who told you? The really media and then the casket was to be loaded on an ambulance and brought in? To be loaded on an ambulance where? I don't know. Okay. Could you describe the appearance of President Kennedy when the casket w- was first opened in the morgue. What surprised me you know, had a plastic bag around his with sheets wrapped around it. And you, you could see the blood on the sheets. But after we... That's all I saw. After we got him on the table, I was asked to leave it and see anything else. When you say... He, a pla- um, he was still dressed in a suit. He was dressed in a suit? That's what he saw him. When you say a plastic bag around his head, does that mean around the head but not any other part of the Best That's in my recollection. That's all in the movie. What was it? Uh, colored plastic or clear plastic? Uh, i have to survive. I'm not sure. I you remember it was, it was a plastic covering. Well, I guess I had to be clear because I saw the sheets. The sheets were bloody. Okay, just to make sure that I'm understanding, the body then is taken out, put on the table. Right. And at that point, you were asked to leave. Leave. Okay. So from there on, whatever occurred, I was not there. And so, at, at this point, you did not take any x-rays yourself? None. Now, when you left the morgue, where did you go? The back upstairs to um, the x-ray department. Through, through the rotunda? Right. And on that trip is not the time that you saw the presidential no. entourage? No. That was later? Right. Right. Previously, you said that in this deposition, if I understand correctly, that you were out of the morgue for the way that I'm understanding. As you said, about an hour, maybe more, maybe less, approximately an hour. Were you with Mr. Reed at that time during that hour, or approximately an hour? Best of my recollection, yes, I do believe so. Was anyone else with you at that time? There was, say, one of the FBI agents were with us. But at this time you were not developing any exorcism? No. Right? Did you talk at all about what you had just seen? No. We were told not to. What circumstances led to your going back to the morgue? We were summoned you get a telephone call? Right. Do you remember who the call was from? Ever so. When you went back to the morgue, did you take any uh, film cassettes with you? Definitely, because we didn't have enough with us. If I can go out of order chronologically, when did you take the portable x-ray equipment to the morgue? Oh, this was at the beginning. This is when we first found out that we were going to be using the machine, and that was done there. Placed there before anything had come through. Anything. Could you describe the X-ray, portable X-ray machine that you took to the morgue? It was an old GE unit that weighed anywhere from 1500 to two thousand pounds. I mean, it was a bulky old unit. About how big was it? You can just describe the dimension. All right, I'm We're about uh, five foot eleven. The main tower was pretty close to six foot. The table, the base unit was approximately three foot by three foot. And it was about... Three foot high. It had a bunch of knobs on it. The door in the front where all the cassettes would go. And the tube was able to swing 360 degrees. Until 90 or 360 feet away. Was it on wheels? Yes. So you could push it down the hallway? Yes. It was great difficulty and So the whole chain it was having Okay, we can go back now to the, back to the chronology. You have now come back into the, the morgue after having been summoned by Dr. Abersall. What do you observe of the body of President Kennedy? What was the condition at that point? Uh, the body was completely nude. The Y incision had been made, and the skull... Literally, it was a mess. The wine incision you say had been made. Had any of the organs been removed at that time? Not sure. Truthfully, I would safely say yes, because I remember when I came in, I remember uh, Dr. Boswell up there sautéing the liver, and yeah, you know, it has to be. It has to be. I can't say all of them were removed. I know a portion of them were removed. What was the first series of X-rays that you took? Definitely skull films. How many skull films did you take? Well, I took uh, modified waters, and basically the only reason why I took the modified waters is because rigor mortis had already set in, and the head was placed in a. The head was in a position already in a 30-degree up tilt due to the rigor mortis being set in. And the head, like I had stated before, was in such an unstable this unstable situation because due to all the fractures, I could only place so much stuttering, steadying Apparatus around it to get a halfway decent film. So, what you saw was an elongation of the orbits, which showed you right there there was a uh, 30 degree up tilt. when the orbits are the other direction, become smaller, you're going uh, tilting towards the feet Can you sp- explain what you mean by orbits? Orbits are your eye sockets, where your eyes and your optic nerves. In. And so when you were referring to the degrees, it is how far the, the head has been either tilted back or tilted forward in relationship to the neck. Correct. When you refer to a modified water, is that a particular angle? I a uh, full water is 45 degrees. All right. And that's taken at a posterior and anterior. When you're in the... A regular radiological position. Anterior is your front. Posterior is your back. Okay, all the films were taken in an anterior-posterior position. There's no way in God's creation we could have turned this body over on the stomach and done the film the way they should have been done. So we had to do them to the best possible way and get the best possible film in that particular way.
0: Thank you for listening to episode 73 of JFK, The Enduring Secret.